0: the House of Learning podcast produced by A Jesus Church College. Join hosts Richard Tamburo and Molly Inman as they chat with other faculty and guests about church, the Bible, theology, and learning the way of Jesus here in Portland.
1: Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. I'm Richard and I'm here with uh, our grand vizier of leadership, Tim McDonald. Hmm. And the most high exalted sultan (laughs) of the elders, (laughs) Dave Inman. Wow. Yikes. (laughs) Those titles.
2: They did look good on a name tag though. Yeah,
1: (laughs) that would be a good April Fool's. Change all the staff pages and give everyone weird titles. But uh, yeah, so this is... um, it's the n- the new year, and it's a really good time for us to have a little look back because it's been such a crazy couple of years, and uh, just have some chat about like what God's been doing, what's it been like, um, but also looking forward, like what do we think God's going to do, what do we mm. see coming towards us, you know, on the horizon that we're excited to get stuck into. And so these two guys were great guests fodder for this conversation not sure right (laughs) phrase for that but great people to invite because uh, tim is our lead pastor in the interim period and dave is our co-chair of the elders so these are two people who like are committed to seeking jesus for like what he has for this church um alongside like the other elders and loads of leaders and people but you guys are sort of well central i'm not yeah, I'm not not sure how to say this in a way that doesn't we, make it just sound like it's all on YouTube. <laughs> we get to, we get to cry a lot. Yeah, and you, uh, it's, it's not just on YouTube, <laughs> but you guys are so central to it, and so you should have good awareness. And just to call out, we were actually going to have um, Brit and Cheryl, who you know pray and are part of this church alongside these guys, but they're both sick. Yep. So we will do this sort of thing again with them next time. But for now, yeah, we're missing out on them. So get well soon, you two. And yeah. So let's let's start by looking back, right? So this year has seen COVID's going to end. Oh, no, it hasn't. Oh, no, it's never ending. Oh, it's changed again and again. And, you know, all of that.
2: We're naming it after Transformers now.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, bye, Dominic Done. <laughs> like, what are we going to do now? Like, big transition, right? Um, we... It's been a tough financial year, so we've had to have some staff that we've let go, but also we've had some staff in a season of such change that have just moved on naturally to other things. So change of staff, Mm -hmm. um, people who are part of our congregation, you know, moving, changing churches, changing. It's such a shuffling of the deck, right? Um, I mean, so many layers of change that we could sort of... I don't know, review the year. And I feel like just calling out change has been one of the themes of yes. the past year. Yeah. But for you guys, I, I I know, you know, me as a pastor, I've definitely felt there's moments where I've been like, uh, can you stop the ride please, satellite, get off, you know? Like hold, I'm holding on for dear life, hoping that Jesus is going to reveal something, you know? Um, but how's it been for you guys? Like, has it just felt like right hook, left hook, right hook, left hook, you know, like all this stuff or through the midst of it, as you look back, have you been able to discern like, Oh, I think like the father's got some master plan. I think this is part of what he was up to this year. Like, you know what he's been at work in the midst of all of the, cause it's not just chaos. It's not yeah. a year of chaos. It's been good stuff too, but it's such an unusual year. It's kind of maybe hard to discern what, what are the themes been of this year so yeah what's it what's it been like for you guys yeah such
3: a such a great question and it's like just as you were sharing that richard a, a couple of vivid pictures popped in my mind and i'm sure we are all like this to some degree i think the last year or two has felt like a blur in so many ways um, but I remember, uh, Tim, uh, an elders meeting we had, I think it was the first week we had to go to virtual meetings, mm. a virtual church, uh, early last year. And then we had an elders meeting, right? So we could still gather and there was whatever, 10 of us in a room. And Dom said, yeah, this, he made a statement. It's like, this may be the last time we could even get together as elders for a while. And inside I'm going, no, mm. you know, that's, <laughs> that's, what are you talking about? That's crazy talk. But sure enough, you know that that was that was the end of that for a season of time. So, it's been for for me personally, and I think this has been true for a lot of people. But f- for me, early on in COVID, going back to last year, um, just I, I felt like when I when I prayed and asked God, God, what are you doing, and what do you want from me, um, and He just. As gently and firmly as the Holy Spirit can and does often, at least in in, in my walk with Him, is that this is going to be a time of shaking. Mm-hmm. It certainly has been that uh, worldwide, and we're going to start that shaking with you, <laughs> and we're going to shake off some idols um, in you. And it's like, okay, <laughs> and first and foremost was just the kind of the the need that I have to be in control. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm a planner by profession. That's what I'm a financial planner. Um, I'm, I like to plan. I think it's good to plan. It's biblical to plan, but then to hold all of that very, very loosely, um, which I'm not real good at a lot of times. But so I think for, for me personally, that's been, and, and I'm continuing to learn that of just what that looks like to to plan and but just to hold everything so loosely and to trust Him and to know ultimately He does His best work in times of chaos. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there's been so much growth, I know, in me, uh, still very much a work in progress, but I see that in our body as well. He's kind of purifying us and simplifying, breaking loose of some things maybe that we have trusted trusted in other than Him. Um, which again, it's it's those are painful lessons, but really, really fruitful mm. lessons um, to allow us to move forward, knowing that it, we we he carries so much, and we were designed to do our part and then trust him. You know, for the results, so it's really freeing when you get to that place of realizing, okay, I don't have as much control as I think, but it's really a beautiful and freeing place to walk in if we'll recognize and keep our eyes on Him and
1: realize that it's Him that carries yeah, all of this and, I love and that. not us. It's interesting. I love. I love this conversation. I don't know if anyone listening is going to enjoy it, but just for me, <laughs> like, because I remember early in COVID, after praying, thinking like, oh, something I need to like that God's, I think, wanting to teach us is that in one hand, we hold this like, I'm just one of God's kids and I can be a child and trust him like a child. Mm-hmm. And in the other hand, we hold this kind of, but God wants me to be a partner and he's trying to grow me up and mature me and give me and release mm-hmm. me. And not in an independent way, but you know, it, it, I guess it's those moments in the disciples' lives where they're just like, pottering around after Jesus in a field without care in the world. That's the child part and moments where he's like, okay, I'm going to pay you up and send you out, you Mm. know, and it's really hard to hold on to both of those and feeling like we needed to give ourselves to the child part a bit more. Like we'd lost it, not lost it completely, but lost the balance of those two things, you know? And yeah, it's, it's so ironic that something that can be such a blessing and bring so much freedom and joy can be such a hard thing for us. Yes. <laughs> for sure. uh, you know, it really ought, ought not to be the hardest thing in the world. Yeah. Like, yeah. wouldn't it be great to be a kid and just play with Legos and, you know, like... yeah. Mm. But there's, there's, there's something that we found really hard as we had to change our habits of thought and feeling and acting... Yeah. To, yeah. to really give ourselves to that stuff. Yeah. Um, and that's the interesting thing is, is God's using the circumstances to provoke change. And yet in the midst of uh, chaos in the world, change can seem very threatening, yeah. but actually change is the thing that God's going to use t- to help us, you know, be fruitful yeah. in the midst of the season we're in. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's an interesting sort of, Humans are dumb. We we're, we're just say so weird. <laughs> we, and we and we
3: totally overcomplicate things, you know. And again, so much of this is hard, but it's not complicated. Yeah. And I I come back to our our one of the verses we memorized together as a family when our kids were really young. To me, one of the foundational scriptures and one that I've just come back to and realized it's just got new added meaning for me. But John fifteen five, just what Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. And there's just so much of our walk is just that simplistic intimacy with him, staying plugged into him, eyes on him. And I've just found when I can do that, I'm in a really good space. And the minute I take my eyes off of him, I'm in not a good space, yeah. in my, as my wife can attest or my family or anyone around me. But um, but just that simplistic, again, I think the Lord's just trying to remind us that it's not complicated. Stay plugged in with me. Keep your eyes on me. Um, abide in me. And a lot of good stuff comes out of that. Yeah.
2: And I think there's also, like, the other side of this—maybe this would be my answer to your question, Richard—is, like, as things simplified down and, and were reduced down and, and we started asking ourselves the question, whether we were on staff at a church or whether you're a, a part of a local family and, and, you know, you participate in regular ways, you start asking yourself the question of, like, okay, what is my faith actually about? Like, this whole Christian thing, what does it actually mean to me on a week-to-week basis? If I if Sunday suddenly removed from me as my thing, what what is this Jesus thing, you know? And it, I think, it really caused a lot of people to confront that in themselves and ask themselves that question: like, what is this relationship with Jesus all about? And is it was it was my relationship with Jesus just me showing up on a Sunday, or was there something more to it? And I think all of that shaking out and and like simplifying down it gets people asking really good questions about about their own personal relationship. And the other, the part of it that I that leaps out to me in that is, is that like, I I was thinking about the passage from Hebrews 11 It says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And I think we in the West are so used to having everything that we need to -hmm. accomplish everything that we want to do. That when those things are suddenly taken away from us, we're put into a posture of dependence that we're just not used to. Mm -hmm. We suddenly need God, not like in a, I need you, Lord, would you make my life easier kind of way? It's more of like a, Lord, I need you. Like I haven't, I don't know what to do with everything that's crashing on around me. I need you right now. And God then in those moments calls us out onto the water, right? He calls us into these like moments of utter dependence, trusting him. And I, I, I think one of the things that I've loved about this last season is actually seeing people step up in faith. So in the exact same moment when maybe some people have stepped away from their faith or they've they've shied away, I don't know what I think about God. There's been this other thing that's happened where people have stepped into their faith and they've started doing like courageous, like step out. You know, like we've, we've seen like a bunch of people over the course of this last year, especially come to know Jesus for the very first time, uh, which is crazy. Like what in this season, this is the season that that, well, uh, on one part, it's like, that seems crazy, but you know, we don't have our act together and things are really chaotic. And, but on the other hand, it's like, isn't that just how God works? Like it, it really isn't dependent on us in the midst of that. We show up, we, we, we're faithful. um, We believe that God can do what he can do. And then we just step into it, you know? And it's amazing when, when we come with our hands wide open and are able to step out in faith that actually we see him do some really amazing things. Um, And so I think this last season, even though there are, there has been the chaotic pieces and there has been like disappointment. There's also been just so much to celebrate and so much good stuff, you
1: know? Yeah. And that it's, um, I'd say that's something I've seen come into the foreground is, and I'm not, I'm not entirely sure how to, like boil down exactly what the difference is. But uh, you know, as leaders around the church, we spent a lot of our time trying to figure out how to curate the resources we had in terms of like people and the things God was doing. And um I think this season just sort of broke that sense we had that we could be in control yeah. and, and have a strategy and execute it with that sort of sim a sort of simple I'll make a strategy and that's what we'll do for a few years mm. and they'll be free and it'll be fruitful yeah. and prayer and you know seek Jesus it's it's not like Jesus was out of the picture for you know for the last few yeah. years or anything but um but yeah that pr- our process of that broke down because I think we just in in a a sort of true real way were humbled to say yeah there's this is not a season where we can just like let's sit with a whiteboard and we'll come up with a strategy. Yeah. Like we're we're not in a position to do. We're like we don't know enough. That's that's not a season we're in right now. As much as we love, well, at least Tim and I, I know we spent many a happy hour with a whiteboard. Yes, <laughs> <By> <laughs> Um But yeah, it was a season of like, oh Jesus, like I mean, this is where like songs like "Build Your Church" came out of this season for us yeah. as a church. Mm-hmm. And this sort of profound sense of, like, Jesus, we don't have this. But it's your church when you're yeah. doing something. Like, yeah. people are walking up and they're like, can I pray for you? Like, yeah, I want to. Like, I, I, I love Jesus. I want to give my life to him. Like, yeah. oh, wow. Yeah. You know, so God's yeah. like yeah. doing this yeah. amazing stuff. Yeah. Um, But just, yeah, an utter dependence on, like, God, would you lead us? Would you tell us week by week, moment by moment, show us what to be aware of, Um. And not that we threw strategy and plans out the window, but I think that balance has shifted so much. And um, it's a really interesting... So I want to ask you guys the million-dollar question. Have we just learned something that ought to be our normal? Mm. Or is that sort of feeling Mm. and the learning, that dependence that we've got right now, just something for this season? Or is this something we as a church are like, oh, no, this is actually right. We need to hold on to this. What do you think? I I think it's
3: 100% a skill set, a a heart posture that we have to carry forward. Mm. We have to fight to Mm -hmm. stay in that place of desperation and hunger. When you study the history of the people of God, it's this constant cycle, right, of something happens, they cry out in desperation, um, God shows up. Heals them, delivers them, then they get comfortable again and slide into some form of idolatry. And that's our story. That's my story. So how do we... That's the, the, the million-dollar question is really, how do we stay in that yes. place, right? And that's where, again, we need each other in that. We need to know that whatever comes um, out of the, the things that, that he is adjusting in us in this season, we have to stay in that posture of... Of dependency and hunger um and abiding um to see mm. uh lasting mm. fruit yeah. yeah it's
1: it's interesting in a season of less program making plan making you know things like that we 've tried to focus on simply doing the basics and simply i mean in a non complicated way as mm-hmm. well um but I, th- I think we've seen an acceleration over the course of the year of fruit in our church as well, yeah. which is interesting, right? Yeah. Is, is uh, That's a very general term, but you guys are both nodding. Like what, like name the fruit, I guess is the question. Like what, what are some of those things where like in a season where we've been more dependent on like, oh, you know, Jesus leading this church needs to be, more emphatically a part of how we do church Mm -hmm. and listening to his voice and allowing the spirit to lead. Um, But what, yeah, what are the effects that you've like, things you've seen growing, things you've seen Jesus doing as we've done that.
3: Yeah. I, for, for me, the, the first and brightest, um, Best part of of this and what it's done, I think, in, in our church is just a culture of prayer. Mm. Uh, we've gone deeper into that. I believe we've we've been trying to press into that, and um, but in this season of time with the confluence of everything that's gone on. Um, I just love that pre-gathering prayer, I think, has become one of my favorite parts of the whole <laughs> this whole thing. And we're getting 60 to 70 people showing up every week now, um, hour early before our first first gathering to just pray. I love that we pray for our gathering. I love that we pray for the other churches and the move of God in this whole area. Um, and I love just the things that have come out of that. I feel like it's spilled over, and it just sets the table, I feel like, for God and the Holy Spirit to move in our, in our gatherings, in our lives. Um, so to me, and that's been one of the most beautiful things mm-hmm. coming out of this season.
2: Yeah, I would agree. I mean, our I think that's one of the things that kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with dependence is it's not dependence on ourselves. It's not dependence on whatever money or the strength of man, it's dependence on God, and the only way that you gain access, it feels like, to that dependence is through to prayer, you know, and I, so I would definitely agree. I think we've also just, going kind of hand in hand with that, You, we've seen a much more open-handed approach to how we do ministry, you know, I think it's, we've really returned to a heartbeat of just um, lots, a lot more of a listening base to our ministry, and much more relational, very I've our, our hospitality ministry has grown. Um, even in a season where hospitality is difficult, it's like become a forefront for us and how we're loving and receiving people well. And when you take prayer and hospitality and mishmash those together, that's like, that basically is alpha. Uh, and we've seen alpha like, you know, growing and in mm-hmm. a season where like we thought like alpha was going to die because of it's an in present thing. And then it went online and, you know, it's for sure hit its speed bumps, but it's it's been amazing to see the fruit that has just come out of that ministry. Uh, and then also in a time when we were unable to do like international trips and traveling around the world, something that used to be a big part of our DNA, like we've repurposed and refocused down on like more local based ministries. And we've been able to just see incredible tangible needs get met. Uh, all around us, you know, thousands and thousands—twenty-five, like twenty-six, like twenty-seven thousand dollars given away to our community around us to, to meet local needs and stepping into refugee care stuff and stepping, in, stepping into local needs of uh, you know families in need in this season. And I, it's just been a lot, you know. And so, in the midst of what you could kind of look back and say, like, "Wow, we we stopped doing a bunch of things," but at the same time, it was like the things that we didn't stop doing. They they grew, and if they didn't grow in like numerical count, they grew in power and impact. Uh, you know, so I mean, even just this last uh, uh, run of Alpha, we had a handful of people give their life to Jesus for the first time, and many of them were people who had no previous relationship with the church or with Jesus, and so to see them now walking in life and and uh, one of one of uh, the women uh, who just recently gave her life to the Lord is a part of our community, and it's just incredible just watching her life transform before our very eyes as a, as a community, a Westside community. And it's just it's an amazing process to to be a part of. You know, it reminds you as a pastor. I mean, I've been doing pastoral ministry for like twenty seven years, uh, and that's the, that stuff never gets old. Like that's that's the reason why we did this. And that's why I got into this stuff in the first place was to see lives changed, you know? (laughs) And I think there's something to be said for that. I also think, and maybe this is like a lesser version of fruit. uh, But like when you first asked the very first question, Richard, I had this mental picture of John Schaaf, who was one of our uh, original elders an amazing man of God. He, He actually passed away this last year. Uh, incredible man. And he when he was one of the elders, he used to talk about dependence and he would talk about just this utter need for God. And then he would just stick his thumb in his mouth and just start sucking his thumb like, we need you, Jesus. We need <laughs> you, Jesus, with his British accent. It was just so awesome. Uh, and I think there's just that, again, back to that childlikeness, there has been that, like in, mm-hmm. in the midst of that, it's like the choice before our churches, all of the churches is a path of like you know, bitterness and frustration and anger or childlikeness and dependence and open handedness and an ability to just kind of throw yourself on God's mercy. And, and I, that feels really good. Like it feels yeah. like Jesus. And so you walk into the room of the church or you walk into the, the garage and it's like, oh yeah, this feels like Jesus is kind of people and, yeah. and his vibe. And, that, I know it's almost intangible, but it's it's a beautiful thing.
1: Yeah. yeah, it's in the mixed with that kind of familiness, Yeah, which I think is something, you know, that the church has shrunk. That's one mm. of the effects. Mm. You know, the last couple of years for many reasons. That's another discussion we can analyze that till the cows come home. But just the sheer fact that we have fewer people, um, already made it easier to build relationships. get to know people's names and stories, you know, things like that with just each other and become a, a more unified joined up like family of a church. Um, I I can't remember which of you said it. Uh, No, you, you did Tim like a more relational way of doing ministry. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because we're seeing the church grow again Mm -hmm. um, and really exciting. It's not just transfer growth. Yeah. Um, Like people are, People who didn't know Jesus are finding out about Jesus, which yeah. is, yeah, you know, if people are, you know, they knew Jesus and or were in a church that was kind of dead, and they find life. I might like that's not to devalue that, but um, yeah, there's something special about someone yeah. who was lost becoming yeah. found. You know, yeah. and so yeah, in the in the midst of all that though, um, I was just thinking a, a sentence pulled that all together is i think when we were a larger church we really had a high value on family i mean it's part of our dna language a yeah, family sure. of missionary disciples but, but feeling like a family was really hard mm. and doing things in a relational way was really hard because it's just so many relationships and i think we did things in a way that was a bit more and i'm gonna exaggerate this to make the point but um, hey, there's so many of you, we're going to do it this way, would you please all get in this box over here? Mm-hmm. Um, and throughout COVID, I think, our, the strategy part of like, let's have n- a nice narrow box broke. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? But also I think realizing we we don't have to. And actually like we're in a season where we can um, and the kind of people we've got more of at Westside now, you talk about the, the shaking, it's a sort of refining of... You know, what are people generally like at Westside? Um, and there's just a, a breadth of what God's doing. Yeah. So the box has got a lot bigger. And rather than us, you know, as, as leaders and pastors and elders trying to be like, well, I think we just like this is the way we need to tell everyone to do it. Yeah. Like the we can be a, a little more help people spot what Spirit's doing and yeah. what He wants to do. And then be alongside people as they try to do it, mm-hmm. and so we're. I think. I think there's a shift in this season where we're more about developing people instead of developing programs. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah. which is I, that sounds very Jesus-like, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and I and I think to what this
3: time has done, I, I uh, reference um, back the classic business books, uh, Built to Last and Good to Great, uh, Jerry Collins. Um, But the the premise of those books, as he studied corporations that lasted over long periods of time, they all shared the same characteristics. They had a few foundational core values that never changed, but then they were constantly changing how they accomplished those things. Mm. And I think what this time did as as a church and, and leadership, we looked back and said, all right, this is... There's a lot of fog right now and noise, especially early on in COVID. And, and how long is this going to last? Where is this going? Um, and so in those times, I think corporately and individually, when we get confused and we're not sure of some things, go back. What are the things you know for sure? What are the core values of your life? Who has God called you to be? What are this? What are the gifts that He's placed in you? And we when we started thinking and praying about that in leadership— again we first and foremost going back to the prophetic word that was given to to Papa Phil when he started this church that says yes the name of the church is solid rock but a Jesus church and that was always a part of our yep. DNA and so it's like it's we got to be about mm-hmm. Jesus in everything we do you know and so that's a core value that should never change and will never change But the other things are, you know, we were always like you referenced, Richard, about a family, and that was always a big part of what we're doing. And even to the point of sharing meals together, the burger thing for you guys—we've been around for a while. Those are just important things. That uh, food is just—you see how often Jesus and his and his guys and ladies had food, shared shared Mm -hmm. meals together. The power of a shared meal. And I will even be so bold as to say, the power of a donut hole. <laughs> as someone who loves pastries,
1: but, but just more power that... in a whole donut, right?
3: Uh, well, uh, you know, it, it, it <laughs> depends. Um, uh, but and and also the 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 um, the developing of young leaders is another thing. Again, that was an early call of of this church, and that we're just kind of circling back around and saying, how can we? Be more intentional mm. to mentor, pour into young men and women uh, who are who, who God is calling to to yeah. leadership. Um, but yeah, I love that aspect of family as well. So again, there's these kind of core things that we just let everything else. We're not sure of a lot of things, but we are we do know. Here are some you know three, four, five key things that God has always had a part of the DNA of this church here, um, and that we want to continue in
1: and, and yeah. get back to. I want to pick up on the age thing because I think that's actually something God did this year. Like uh, a bunch of our young people went away to to camp and came back really different. Yeah. And it's there's this just this critical mass among our young people where they're spurring each other on. It's like a couple of them have said yes to Jesus in a way that it, it's spreading like wildfire. And then you notice it on a Sunday morning. You look around at who's serving, you know, and you got middle schoolers and high schoolers all over the place doing stuff, you know. And we didn't have that as much before. So it's really exciting because they're not just um, serving in, um, I don't want to, Say in lower ways, but you know, th- there's a there's a kind of serving that's a little more accessible. Like, yeah, I'm going to sharpen an early and help with hospitality, or you know, yeah. but they're like, yeah, I'm going to come three hours early and help be part of getting youth ready and part of praying for it, and the spirit might use me to show us something that's going to happen tonight. You know, they're just. Showing up in some really profound ways, and you're just seeing the seeds of the like amazing leaders of the next generation that God is raising up in our midst uh, so exciting, yes, especially because it's something God, like you say, has spoken over the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and to see God's not done with that, yeah. you know, and actually, God seems to be doing more of it yeah. than we've seen for a while, which is, yeah, really exciting. Uh, I also I just made a note on my sticky note here. Um, you talked. We talked a lot about prayer, and then you mentioned pre-gathering prayer, and I was thinking there's kind of two ways to do pre-gathering prayer, and you mentioned both aspects, but to make it clear, because then I want to ask you guys some of the stories or things you've noticed in pre-gathering prayer that are, have been highlights. Because one of the things we do is we petition God and say, God, you know, here's what we got going on today. We, we need you to like be here and bless this and And work in in all these different spaces, Um, but another aspect of pre-gathering prayer is listening and saying, "Okay, God, well we've made a plan. What do you want to fill it with? What else do? What don't we know that you want to let us know?" And just sort of listening and and being responsive, you know, for God to um, you know re-lead us in the moment right before we step in to our first gathering. Uh, You know, it might be. Um, There's someone we need to look out for, something extra we need to announce from the stage, or it might shape the way we, oh, this is what we need to call people to prayer for today, or a little extra twist on something that needs to be in the teaching, you know, all, all sorts of different things. Um, but I th- I think it's something that we've grown in as a church. Are, uh, I don't know. It, it's, It's two skills, really. One is just learning to discern God's voice when you ask those questions. But the other is having a, a skill set as we run a Sunday with all its moving parts to actually not say, well, we've made the plan. Sorry, Jesus, it's too late. Like, we already know what we're doing this Sunday. <laughs> but yeah. having the skill to create space, right? Um, so that's really exciting to me. I think that puts a little extra top spin on this prayer thing. Um, but you're both there nearly every Sunday, um, so uh, have there been highlights from pre-gathering prayer, like things you've noticed either like something you feel like God really spoke to our church or something that you know you heard a story where it really made a difference. You could see God was at work.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I could, I can pretty confidently say I, like almost not a Sunday goes by that something marked d- doesn't happen or there's not something that's said that I'm like, Oh, that's really connected back to dot, dot, dot. Um, and we have a bunch of really crazy stories of like, you know, names that have gotten mentioned that have been like the name of this one person who just really needed to see that God, you know, know that God saw them and all that kind of stuff. A, a really r- a recent one though, that was really kind of, it connected to me on a on a couple levels uh, was uh, we have a leader. Uh, I'll leave her name off because I haven't, I didn't get a chance to ask her permission, but, a leader at our church who, uh, I mean, she's involved in all sorts of stuff and, but she was just having a hard week and basically literally said like, she, she knew in her mind as she was going to church that day. was like, I, I need to get prayed for today. And she was like, but I'm not going to do it unless God like calls me out to get prayed for. Mm -hmm. And literally (laughs) it was like (laughs) the only name that got brought up that morning was her name. And, (laughs) And it was like one of those like moments where you're just like, what? It's shocking, amazing, and at the end of the day, you're like, why are we surprised? Like she, she just needed to hear from God, and because we created the space, like her name came to the surface, and when somebody from a completely different group just said, "I God just put this name on my heart," um, that they you know just wants the person to know that they're seen and. Uh, you know, and just as an amazing testimony, like and this is like a senior leader. This is like a person who like is super involved and like gets it, loves Jesus, follows wholeheartedly, like all that kind of stuff. It's like, it's not, it's not just for like people who are on the fringes that are just about to like fall away from God. Yeah, It's also like connects to people who like love God and they're just like, they God just loves us. And I think that's the second level of it. It was just such an encouragement to me to realize like, it really doesn't matter how long we've been walking with God. He just, he loves us. And he, he has so much that he's wanting to say to us, is actually saying to us on a day-to-day, moment-by-moment basis. If we just slow down long enough to hear him, the crazy bit is that often the words that he gives us are for other people. Mm. And so it's not enough for God that he would remind us that he loves us. It's that he wants to tell us about other people that he loves so that we can tell them that he loves them. Yeah. And it's, it's like another great testimony of the fact that like God just loves doing stuff in partnership. Mm-hmm. And pre-gathering prayer is this amazing moment where we as individuals get to connect with God. But even in that space, God's saying like, yeah, and I want partners. So I'm going to do this work, but I'm not going to do it like in isolated one-on-ones. I'm going to do this as a community yeah. Uh and I think that's one of the things I love so much about our prayer culture is it's just not like one-on-one. It's not just me and God. It's like us. It's the church. It's yeah. it's the people. It's the city. It's our nation. It's the world like he's he's put us here for a reason and when we listen to him he has stuff he wants to do mm. through us which I mean good grief that's just a miracle and amazing.
1: Yeah. Love that.
3: I think that Tim when listening to that too how often this happens at least to me. Um, that God will... It's its its always easier to have faith for someone else than, yeah. rather than yourself, right? But how often it works that he he gives me a word or something to pray for someone else, and then sometime later, it could be five minutes, it could be five days, he'll tap me on the shoulder and say, Dave, you know what you felt, and you knew, and you believed, and you prayed for that person. Yeah. You heard my voice. That's for you as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And it's like, it's so encouraging. That's why I feel like... It's such an honor and privilege to pray, and if you have not come, I just invite you to come. Just join us again. It's um, it's a beautiful time, um, but I also love just. I've been walking with God for quite a while, but it is still so encouraging to me if I feel like I hear something in my spirit um, from God to pray for. And before I could even say anything, someone else says the exact same thing. Yeah. It's just so confirming. It's so... You're just amazed, number one, how big God is, how good He is, that He does indeed speak, but that I personally heard His voice, you know? Even though it's like part of, part of me, I think a lot of people say, oh, gosh, I should have said something first. Yeah. But, but really, it's like, oh, God, thank you. You know, mm-hmm. and that that was you, and I do hear your mm-hmm. voice, you know, whether I got to say anything And or we not. have a lot
1: of that, like the way we do pre gathering prayer is when we feed back what anything we, we feel like God's saying. If you're in one group and and you hear another group saying, Oh, we think this was a theme, you'll just kind of Snap click fingers. Your fingers yep. And there's a lot of clicking fingers around the room mm-hmm. most Sundays. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so that, that's not a rare thing. That's actually yeah. a, a it's, pretty it's common so thing. So fun. Yeah.
2: And I, I kind of feel like, and not, not to round the corner in your conversation here, Richard, but I kind of feel like that's probably one of the most things that I'm most excited about for 2022. Mm. Like, I think in looking back and seeing the key places where God has shown up in our prayer culture and pre-gathering prayer specifically, but in a whole bunch of other places too, like in Alpha and other places where prayer has resulted, has given a moment of faith that has allowed for like the move of God, like we've seen, I feel like we've seen sprinklings of it where we've stepped in with genuinely open hands with genuine excitement about like, I think God wants to do something here. And we've seen like fruit, like a ton of fruit from just this a little bit. So when I look forward, I'm like, Oh my gosh, like what would happen if this next year was filled with us increasingly stepping into those things? Like, what could that look like? What could it look like to have tons and tons of those kinds of stories uh, and even greater things, you know, to to Mm -hmm. use Jesus's Mm -hmm. words, things that we haven't even, like, what if we're just, we're still in the shallow end, dabbling in the shallow end? And what if God's like, man, you just wait, 2022, I'm going to take you into like the middle water Mm -hmm. and the middle water is going to blow your mind, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that's the stuff that kind of gets me most excited. Like I... I've seen what a little bit of faith and a little bit of open handedness and dependence can do. Imagine what just a little bit more could do, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. I love that. It's it's the sort of difference. I mean, seeing things like I'm thinking of one guy who uh, just felt like uh, you're coming back to church after COVID, you know, after we had our little online weird period um was just like yeah i think god's just telling me i need to be all in like i'm a participant not just here as an observer and so many people articulating that actually that's really an, an encouraging yeah. the the proportion of people who that's a normal like not just normal but that's a something i really feel like god's saying to them is really high at the moment yeah. um But yeah, he's just like, I'm going to show up and I'm going to show up to pre-gathering prayer. I'm going to come on Tuesday prayer and just try and see like, my God, what do you want to do? Mm -hmm. Uh, And rather than coming to like a couple of pastors and saying like, you know, it like, where do you want me to serve? Like, is there a, you know, is there something you want me to do? He actually, you know, as he's been having this conversation with God, is like, man, I've been noticing these people and feeling like maybe I should be getting together with them and God might want to do something, might want me to be discipling some people. And, you know, I mean, he ends up being a community leader, but not through, um, I don't know, trying to follow someone else's plan of what they heard from Jesus. Um, And sometimes there's bits of that, and that's fine, that's a totally biblical thing, but it's really exciting to see more of the, God's been speaking this to me and being able to say, like, yes, here's how we can support you. Go do that. Yeah, you know, let yeah. we, we'll get behind you. We'll support you doing that. That's a good thing. Like our church needs more of people like you. Go for it. Um and I mean I was praying it this morning in because we're recording on a Tuesday, so we had Tuesday prayer, and we were hearing some stories actually from um by the time we released this, this it would have been a two or three weeks ago, but we had a call for action about some hear-the-cry things. And just the amount of people that not just gave, but the way that they gave was clear, that they, like, I just feel like God wants me to, you know, God. Mm-hmm. I just feel like God was stirring me, that sort of awareness. And just thinking, oh, my goodness, like, if God just has a group of people who are listening and even though they might find it hard, just want to say Yes are going to try to say yes and do it, the sky's the limit. Like that's when the book of Acts comes alive, right? That's when the church starts to look a little bit like the exciting story we know it can be. And yeah, that like with those are some of the things we're seeing. So that really does infuse a lot of excitement about the year ahead. So, you know, lest we talk for hours and hours here, Let let's get like a little future. So you you mentioned some stuff there, Tim. Mm-hmm. Um let's throw that over to you a bit, Dave. Um, yeah. you know, as we look into this next year. Are there I mean, I guess it's two questions really. One is uh, you know, are the things you see Jesus doing, you're excited for more, things like that. But I guess, you know, as an elder you, you spend time praying and saying, Jesus, what do you want to do here? Yeah. You know, is there anything you've been sensing Jesus saying that you're actually I don't know. Provides I don't know, like God putting up a flare and be like, "Oh, okay, I think we're supposed to go that way."
3: Yeah,
1: I I think a a lot of it. So so, uh,
3: short answer is like I don't have this vivid picture of exactly what that's going to look like, mm-hmm. but I do have this such an incredible sense of anticipation of what it might look like mm-hmm. if that makes sense. And birth out of this place of prayer. What When you look at the state of the world right now, it's a mess. And uh, I think I, I shared this recently. I don't remember in what setting, but um, but just the, the, we're living in a world of either or. And, you know, there's just so much um, opposition. There's, everyone's labeled and put in a camp. And you're either this or that, you're either vaccin, vaccination or anti-vax, you're a Republican Democrat, you're black or white, um, you're rich or poor, all, all the way down the line. And it's just, we live in a world right now, especially that's either or, and I believe God has got this beautiful both and world that he's asking us and inviting us to step into that we get to now be the church that, that may be... We've always designed to be Mm. where we just get to link arms with each other and just with this childlike joy and trust and dependence on Him. And as you mentioned, Tim, a a second ago of of just saying yes to Him (laughs) um, and stepping into that, I'm just so excited. Because I feel like if you've got a, a people, a remnant, if you will, that's just saying, I'm all in. And that's what we're seeing of people coming to the church at this time. They're not coming just to sit uh, and take up a seat they're They're saying, "How can I serve? How can I be connected in family?" We got a group of people like that desperate on our knees praying i that just thrills me to know and to know what God could possibly do with mm-hmm. a, with with a group of people like that so Um, what that ultimate looks like, I don't exactly know, but I know it's going to be awesome. I know it's going to be exciting. We're seeing bits of that, right? Happen now. And so again, and that's uh, Richard, as you mentioned too, I love the, the integration of the different ages even. Um, and again, it's, it's like we're, we're doing this together, um, and we need each other desperately. I think we're, we've, we're learning that, relearning that as well, how much we need each other, um, and so I just, again, I'm, I'm so excited mm. uh, about what that might look like coming out of those things, if we can be consistent in those and stay in that posture of
1: dependency and prayer and with our eyes on Him. Yeah. What about for you, Tim? Is so there stuff that you're, like, it's you can see it on the radar as you pray? Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess, I mean, I, like I mentioned, I'll maybe jump off of the thing I said before. I think like there is something to be said for praying and, and stepping into prayers of faith, you know, and, and, and looking to the future and and what's ahead for us in 2022, but believing like, as God speaks to us, there's things that he's going to say in a moment to moment that we're going to respond to in faith that he's going to do something about. Like, so that, and that's kind of what I was pointing as like, I'm really excited about what that's going to materialize into, mm. but some of those things we've already started to see happening, you know, and so like i'm um, there's a couple of things specifically i'm I'm really excited about like like in the area of alpha I know I've mentioned that a couple of times, but, but worth highlighting yes, yeah. that's,
1: that's a big thing we're yeah. an alpha hub church we are it's a it's a tool yep that it is that we we think God wants to use here, yep. not just a little bit but. Absolutely, Absolutely. And profoundly, it,
2: and 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 it's we use it in so many ways here at the church. So obviously, we do our, like our Alpha night and and all that kind of stuff. But we also do youth Alpha, uh, and I, like you mentioned, we're a hub church, and so we actually help coach other churches yeah. in doing Alpha. And so it's a big part of our DNA. Um, but there's something in and around how Alpha works. It's not like your typical like um, evangelistic push. It really it creates a really open space of dialogue and communication for people that is so dependent on God showing up. I mean, when you go through alpha program as a Christian, it's kind of like you scratch your head at the end of it and go like, how do people come to faith in this? Like what, like what is going on here? And honestly, I hope this is not like, uh, wrong to say, but the secret sauce is truly the Holy spirit. Like, yeah, honestly, in the end, it's like nothing happens here unless God, like the Holy spirit shows up and does amazing things. And I'm really excited about this next season because I feel like we've seen some fruit. We've scratched the surface on it. I'm, I'm anticipating us even continuing to invest more in that, in that ministry. Uh, and we as a staff team, especially and as elders are I, I'm really committed to see like the church grow through people coming to know Jesus for the first time or coming back to faith, you know, mm-hmm. um, as a, I mean, there's, there's so few Christians <laughs> In the city of Portland, relatively speaking, uh, and it's just like we we really don't need to move people around from church to church. We really need to start reaching people who don't know him. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we have the hope uh, of the gospel, and we have the hope of uh, of Jesus transformative transformative life uh, to to share with people. And I think that that's, I'm really excited about that with Alpha. So that's the one one big thing. I think we've been seeing that, but I'm really excited. I feel like we've scratched the surface and there's so much more in the future and especially the next couple of years ahead. I also think we've seen a lot of fruit um, with music and I know we kind of tapped at that a little bit, but like I just, we recorded an album and then released it in the middle of a pandemic, which is so awesome. Yeah, it's like
1: worst-case scenario. Yeah,
2: totally. <laughs> and but you know, we have had so much positive feedback from that album. We've had literally like artists and uh, churches from other country just like how did you guys pull that off and and we we just I mean, I feel like God just blessed us in a lot of ways. We have an incredibly gifted group of men and women who are part of our team here. But I mean, I love them all to death, but the reality is, is it's not them. It's it's the fact that God wants to do something and is doing something, where we are seeing all this new music come up out of our team and all this like new forms of expression or new forms of creativity, expressions of creativity, and I'm I'm excited to see where that goes. Yeah. Like I think in 2022, 2023, I think we're going to start to see some new stuff evolve uh, in the areas of creativity. I mean, I I really believe churches is, is fundamentally altering. And there are, there are some, you know, kind of stereotypical parts of what it means to be a gathered church. But, but I think some of that stuff is starting to change. And we have, we have an expression that we say around here a lot, that music is a missionary. And, and the reason why music is a missionary is because it can go places that no person can go. Um, it, can, like it can go with that person through their headphones on a jog in the rain by themselves. It can minister uh, with, through the power of the gospel to that person. As they're running down the street, yeah. in a way that, like you know, we can't. another person can't, you know. And we really believe that music has the power to change a society and to change a culture. Uh, it's one of the most formative aspects of a human culture. Is that is it, the way it expresses itself in music and creativity? So we really believe that God's calling us into that. I don't, I don't know what that's going to look like. I mean, yeah. I think we've started to see some of the uh, some of that forming, but I'm really excited about where that's going to go in this next yeah. season.
1: Yeah. It's really noticeable that our music hasn't just been, oh look, it's really cool songs, really cool tunes, great harmonies, great production, what skills we have. Like the special source of the songs is that they reflect the like fresh, vibrant things the spirit is doing that are unique. They're they're giving voice to what we're seeing Jesus do. Um, you know, and and that's I mean, it's just exciting see our, our music and creativity join up with this dependency and prayer and listening and seeing God do this range of things in our midst. Yeah. It strikes me as well, like maybe this is a part of, uh, I think it's something God has spoken over Westside, but another one of those like, oh, I think he's continuing to do it is, um, it would be really easy at a time like this to look back and try and regain some stability by stepping into what's known or familiar or seems a safe space, you know? Like, basically, let's be an attractional church like back in the 90s. Like, loads of people love that. Like, that'll be a a safe zone. You know, we can recuperate. We'll be okay. Um, But actually, Alpha is a tool. Like, the reason it works in some context so well is, and, and you see this, the way it came out of London and thrived across Europe, is that's a post-Christian context. Like, you invite your friend to church and they hear a Bible study. I mean, the Bible's no cultural authority to them. Yeah. You know, like all, all the presumed authority things of like, yeah, but the preacher said it. Yeah, but you're in a church building. Yeah, but it's in the Bible. Like, so what? You know? And Alpha creates this space that's so good for pushing the envelope into sort of a a becoming post-Christian culture and and figuring out, like, how do people get reached in that context? And it really pushes us, drives us back to the Book of Acts and these sort of micro-relationships of connection, like that that one ordained connection at a riverbank Mm -hmm. with a seller of purple named Lydia or, you know, just... Those kind of things, and and I think in our music as well, like you know, there's there's a style of anthem worship that it'd be really easy to write. The formulas are well known, mm-hmm. but like our uh, this crew we've got of musicians and creatives are saying, yeah, but like I think there's something like fresh, and uh, and there's a a new Pacific Northwest wineskin of something God wants to do here. And it's something that needs to be given voice to, but it's not just for here. It's a missionary to go bless other places. And I think that's one of these one of these things that almost when you and Dave were saying, "Well, I don't know what it's going to look like, but I'm excited to see Jesus work." Mm -hmm. (laughs) But it's almost with a uh, a sort of a a mission to push into that new wineskin that's going to reach the kind of city that we're a part of, you know, the kind of places, the kind of people we're yeah. surrounded by. Yeah. And I, I, so that's another really important sense maybe that we have, you know, as we're deciding what to do and how to do, uh, like when our eyes are on who we're trying to reach and who are we mm-hmm. praying for? Like you talk about pre-gathering prayer, you know, praying for our city, um, mm-hmm. You know praying for neighbors, praying for colleagues, but praying for like the poor, the widow, the orphan, the refugee the the marginal you know just allowing the scriptures to help us understand who to give our mind to as we're thinking yeah. about we want to be a place that those people can be reached in yeah that's that's something that we're growing in I think
3: absolutely absolutely I think the um th- that would be a I think we've we're again seeing pieces of this, but mm-hmm. I, I would love for us to, to 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 allow God to do it more. But just again, the pre-gathering prayer is just the tip of the iceberg, right? So I just I even pray that we more and more not only hear words of what He wants to do in in that gathering and in the city, you know, on that particular moment in time but he'd give us words for people in our community mm-hmm. that we could take back and just encouraging words and uh, words of, of, um, of affirmation, but just be his hands and feet and that to, be, to continue to train ourselves to hear the voice of the Spirit, mm-hmm. not just on a Sunday morning prayer gathering, but in our, in our workplace, you know, yeah. that on yeah. a Monday morning, um, and to go with that same sense of confidence and trust and faith um, of sharing those words and and taking them to a people maybe as you said richard who who have no concept of even what what it means to follow God or would ever maybe even think about going to a church, we get to go be the church you yeah. know right and
1: and bring the church yeah. to them it 's peanut butter theology. the church is peanut butter spread all over the toast. Not inside a pretzel. There we go. <laughs> Although inside, I don't a know if that's useful at all. But <laughs> my weird brain the at the end of the day went in there that example. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm imagining
2: chocolate. peanut butter in a pretzel dipped in chocolate. <laughs> <right> now, <so. laughs> it is Christmas, I guess.
1: Well, there you go. I think that's enough. That's nearly an hour's chat you've listened to. So there's the inside scoop. Some stuff going on, um, and yeah, just encourage you listening. Like, get involved. Come to pre-gathering prayer. Come yes. to Tuesday morning prayer. If you can't make it, pray. (laughs) Find some people to pray with. Do a Bible read-through. And, uh, like, share those stories. Uh, You know, like, chat to the staff. Chat to leaders. Chat to community leaders. Like, be joined up. There's so many stories. Um, Mm -hmm. Be joined up so you get to hear some of the stories. um, But so that you get to, like share those stories because i I think when we're in that context it helps us live the kind of life where when we wake up on on monday morning and and set out from the house with purpose um it's not to survive till the end of the day you know um or some sort of there's all the forms of idolatry earn loads of money be comfortable be famous you know but with that purpose of like man i it'd be really exciting if god did something that was kind of cool yeah. Like if God glorified himself today, mm-hmm. because I can guarantee you he wants to. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. So So good. Yeah, there you go. Happy New Year, everyone. And we'll see you
0: soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of the House of Learning podcast. This podcast is produced by A Jesus Church College, based at Westside at Jesus Church in Portland, Oregon. AJC College trains and mobilizes the next generation of kingdom leaders through an accredited four-year degree in biblical studies with an emphasis on leadership and formation. We combine classroom learning with mentoring and ministry apprenticeship for a third of the cost of traditional college. To find out more, go to ajccollege.org or follow us on Instagram to find out if this is where God could be calling you to explore your calling. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review, subscribe, and share it with someone. And if you have a question you'd like us to chat about, please let us know. You can email us at podcast at ajccollege.org. If you can, send us a 20-second audio recording saying who you are and where you're from, along with your question, and we'd love to include it in a future episode.